From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse Jen Watson, star of Tornado Hunters Greg Johnson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm Spotter and Chaser Bill Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. It's brought to you by the Drive Weather app. Find the safest time to leave as you plan your travel by viewing the weather along your trip with Drive Weather app. It's available on iOS and Android. You can learn more at driveweatherapp.com. So, hey, don't forget, guys, you got to check out. This is going to be a great show. I can tell you that already. But you got to visit stormfrontfreaks.com. You can check out all of our past shows uh, like Extreme Storm Chaser, uh, Reed Timmer. We've had uh, Weather Hall of Famers, Ginger Z and Jim Cantori. Those are just a few. But welcome, everybody, to episode 100. All right, so we are live at Vanessa House Beer Company in downtown Oklahoma City. We are joined by Oklahoma residents Rick Smith of the National Weather Service in Norman and TV legend Gary England. They're both with us tonight. We've also got special segments from each of our former contributors. We got, of course, a lightning round game with our guests. We even brought Weather Trollbot 5000 with us tonight. Oh, no. Uh, she made it past uh, the, the security check at the airport, so it's good. Wow. Um, I like my but, hand sanitizer. But before we get to all of that, uh, I do want to let you know it is National Weather Podcast Month. Uh, we have a great month here in March where all of our independent weather podcasts get together, help promote each other, do some great shows, uh, some great podcasts out there. You got to check out, guys. Number one, Weather Brains, been around. Uh, and Rick's been a part of that, been around for probably 14 70? years, no, 70 years. years. 70, 70 they're, they're pretty old. Uh, 90 <laughs> years. But uh, some great guys and gals there we love. There's the Carolina Weather Group uh, yeah, out of Carolina, uh, which is a great group of people. They, they do some great, not only audio, but video stuff. Uh, weather Hype. So you got uh, Castle and Men uh, do some, um, they do a really good job of social uh weather psychology and and it really it's really different that's what's great about all these weather podcasts are all different and the other one which is kind of new they were with us last year uh but b squared weather and i'm excited to have uh bonnie bishop of b squared weather is actually here tonight and so uh first thanks for coming down bonnie but tell us a little bit about b squared weather uh, we've been going just about as long as you. We just taped our 87th podcast, so we'll do 88 this weekend. Um, we just we're just two weather geeks. They just get together, geek out, and talk about whatever's going on, whatever's happened. Um, you know, it's it's a shorter one, not as long as y'all's each episode, but definitely go check it out. Be squared, and we're on all social media. Um, so definitely go check us out. Wait, are you saying we're too long? <laughs> no, I wish we were as long Bonnie, as you. Bonnie, we're working on that. When is, when's your podcast on? Uh, we tape Sundays, and it's usually out that night or the next day. Okay, so you guys are quick. Typically quick Mondays. Yes. And you're weekly, right? Come on, MJ. See, we're bi-weekly, so we're bi- it takes us a little longer to well, get to those higher numbers. There's a little more bleeps in ours, That's right? True. A couple more That's bleeps. More editing out. involved. But, uh, Bonnie, appreciate you coming by. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, thanks for, for having that. me. So, I'm glad y'all are here. 
All right. So I, the best way, and if you haven't listened to the show before, the, the way we introduce all the co-hosts that are here is we ask, what are you drinking? Because it's a great way to let you know it's always happy hour whenever we record. This is the first time we're doing this actually in a brewery, uh, but it helps you to hear who's here. You get their voices and you let you, let you know we like to have a little fun. So uh, I'm going to go around the horn here, find out who is here tonight. Uh, MJ is here tonight. If you're watching on video, we got cords running all over the freaking place. Uh, but MJ set all that up, so he did a good job. But I can see right now he is drinking the uh, Vanessa House Beer Company yes. Stormfront Freaks Pale Ale, yeah. which yeah. is awesome. It is. Uh, uh, Maz, what are you drinking, sir? Same thing, man. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Good job on this. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Good, good. All right. So uh, uh, Brady is one of our original co-hosts, well, and he started while he was attending classes at Ohio State. But Brady's here. Woo. What are you drinking, sir? I did. Well, I'm going to switch it up tonight, and I'm also drinking the Stormfront Freaks Pale Ale. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I know. It's crazy. We're, we're four wild. for four. Uh, and then Dina. Dina's here. What are you drinking, Dina? Uh, of course, the Stormfront Freaks Pale Ale. But look what at else? our cool, our cool... Well, you there's a theme. Well, anybody? Oh, just mug the mug. Stein, there's a Stein. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Jen Watson's here as well. Jen, uh, she needs a mic. <laughs> she needs a mic. What What are you drinking, Jen? Oh my God, I don't know. Maybe the Stormfront Freaks. Oh, the Stormfront yes. Freaks Pale Ale. I don't know. It's delicious, and I don't usually drink that much. Wow. So we're we're looking forward to this, and and the Senior fun part trash. is, so we're again at the Vanessa House Beer Company in downtown Oklahoma City. And we have with us tonight, uh, Andrew Corrales is with us from the brewery. Curious first, tell us a little bit about our beer. You yeah, yeah. So it's it's an American style pale ale, right? Right. Um, really, the, the exciting thing about this beer is it uses lotus hops. It's a newer hop that's out there. It's a hop that sounds sexy. It does. <laughs> sexy beer. Lotus. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hop that people are excited about. Um, We've experimented with it a little bit before, but um, not that much. We're excited to throw it another beer. Um, I think it gives a lot of uh, a tropical fruit and floral earth earth notes, you know. So uh, you know, hops are what hops are like like the grapes of wine, right? So you each hop is going to give you some different stuff, uh, and and this lotus hop has been fun, fun awesome. to play with. Where did yeah. you get the lotus hop from? Uh, the uh, West Coast. Most uh, hops come from the West Coast, honestly. Yeah, like not a hops it's, uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not a hops I mean, I don't know exactly where, but probably the West Coast. That's where they mostly come from. So, yeah. uh, tell us, Andrew, a little bit more about your brewery. How long you guys? Yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been around for about three years. Um, this location here on 118 Northwest Eighth Street in Automobile Alley, Wait, what's that, what's that 118 Northwest Eighth Street. <laughs> Uh, here in Automobile Alley, uh, butts up next to um, the uh, Midtown District as well. Uh, we've uh, this this location only been open for a year, but as a company, we've been around for roughly three years. We have our big, uh, we always do half year parties because that's just how things shake out. Um, and we're doing our three and a half year party in on March twenty eighth. So if this is out by then, I don't know. If it is out by then, and you hear this, you should come out to our party on the 28th. Yeah. Doing plugs already. Yo, yeah. yo. Uh, <laughs> but no, we, we try to focus on just having fun. Uh, for us, beer is about being uh, with people like now. Um, it's about drinking good beer and having a good time. So, and then creating experiences and 
something you can talk about later right and that's that's what that's what we're about cool well appreciate you having us andrew it's already a great time so thank you so much excellent for doing excellent thank you for All making right. us such a cool bear yeah we're trying awesome. we try. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah good, thank you but what yeah all right. Well, let's get to uh, let's get to the the esteemed guests we have here this evening. We can't be more excited to have uh, who we have here. So, Matt, take it away. Awesome. By the way, with the lotus hops, I think it just uh, grew an extra arm. <laughs> I don't get I don't it. Know if that's how. Come that on, works. catch up I here. Get, I don't get that at anyway, all. I don't get it. Lotus anyway. All right. Friend. Hey, hey. Tonight we have uh, former guests from episode thirty-two and eighty. Gary England is here, Oklahoma Woo! weather yeah! icon. Yeah. Gary England was with KWTV News 9 for over 40 years, a recipient of numerous awards and honors, including three Emmys. Three Emmys. Three. Wow. Three. Overachiever. Seven. seven I, uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's Oklahoma's top-rated television meteorologist. He's an internationally recognized authority in severe weather and holds the distinction of being the person who implemented with Enterprise Electronics the world's first commercial Doppler wow. radar. Wow. That's very cool. Nice. Also, wow. <laughs> also, we have Rick Smith. He's been the uh, warning coordination meteorologist for the National Weather Service at Norman since 2002. Prior to that, he served as a forecaster in Tulsa in 97, moved in 99 to work with the uh, Southern Region Headquarters in Fort Worth. Received a degree from the short-lived meteorology program at the University of Memphis. What did you do? Did you kill it? What, what happened? Short-lived. <laughs> They're like, Rick graduated. It's, we're shutting down. That's it. <laughs> Welcome, guys. So, hey, so from weather service and TV weather, how often did you guys talk or what kind of relationship did you guys have? Oh, yeah, here's a microphone. There you go. Yeah. It's cord. Yeah. It's actually a real mic. Yeah. We didn't mic him up. Oh, it's yeah. a mic. It's not powered on. There we go. Wow. Raw, baby. Uh, it's the raw. Love it. Yeah, there you go. How's that? So, did you guys talk a lot? How did y'all have a relationship wise between the weather service and, just, uh, and TV? I don't remember when you came, but I thought, who's that good looking dog down there? <laughs> but when you see his wife, he outkicked his coverage, man. Let me tell you. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. We talked some in the early days, but not that much. Yeah. Then we, we talked more, you know. I mean, we have a, you have to have some relationship. Yep. I mean, it's it's a partnership. I mean, we're putting out yeah. information. They're the mouthpiece for that. So uh, I think it's, it just keeps it getting better. But, uh, but uh, <laughs> I mean, you're who, you're, that's who people get their information from. Well, thank you very, thank you very much. Oh. You, so. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, I'll be nice. <laughs> do you guys ever have like a weather wine night or anything? You guys get together. Weather wine night. Uh, I like that. Yeah. I, I know. I just thought of that. Right? I know. We should Let's, have that. I like that. I think we made it make it a thing. You know, <laughs> during storm season, we're so busy and so tired. I don't think they can't do anything. We do a lot of whining during storm season. <laughs> yeah. 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 But not the, not the kind you're talking about. Yeah. So, so I, I'm curious. What, so the relationship between the National Weather Service and, and the TV side of things. How, how do you communicate? How often do you communicate, uh, especially during severe weather? Well, we, we have several different ways. The, mo the most direct way and the daily way we communicate is something called NWS Chat. It's, a, it's an interactive chat room that has the National Weather Service, the broadcast media, emergency managers, public safety agencies, 
all the TV stations in our whole area from Oklahoma City to Lawton to Wichita Falls are all are all in there. So they're we're providing information to them. They're sometimes feeding us information back. So that's the most common way. Uh, a few years ago, we started having uh, in our office media workshops where we have uh, any of the TV meteorologists that are interested to come to our building and and uh, we have different topics that we cover and and talk about some of the common problems and issues that we have. We're having one next week with all the TV meteorologists where they're going to come and actually go in our laboratory where we teach forecasters how to issue warnings. So they're going to sit down at the workstations that we use and kind of go through some scenarios. So, uh, and, and there's, there's communication. We're going to a big outreach event tomorrow with all of them. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's frequent. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a partnership. It's a relationship. We try to keep, keep going all year long. What, Gary, on your end, what, what, how are you using the National Weather Service to help you? I don't. <laughs> of course. No, I'm retired. <laughs> I said, how were you? Were, you know, were, Rick were. has become invaluable in this market. Right. You really work hard to work with those people. Some are pretty difficult to work with, whether you know that or not. I, I haven't noticed. <laughs> Actually, I won't tell you what they said about you then. <laughs> Nothing would surprise me. <laughs> no. They do a lot of outreach down there. Uh, you know, we went, I went a few of the things they did down there. When I was young, you know, and, and really thought I knew everything, relationships were terrible. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but since I finally grew up a little bit, you know, and realized I didn't know everything. And, and through the years, it, the relationship has improved considerably. Because, you know, but years ago when the, the electronics were that good, you know, and, and we started sending out storm, storm trackers and stuff. And, then, you know, sometimes we get information that uh, there's a tornado at a certain location. And like a fool, I'd say, yeah, and we beat the National Weather Service on this. They really frowned on that, you know? <laughs> way, way before my time. Way yeah, I really, <laughs> really frowned. But uh, anyway, I think it's a good operation you guys have. Uh, when I'm at home during storms, I love to do that. I use you guys' sources, and, and I broadcast to nobody. I just sit there and talk. And I, I'm able to criticize all the people on the air. It's really fun. <laughs> you know, in the past you couldn't say much about them. Hey, I can say anything I want about, them. but they do right, a pretty good job. Now we're gonna get the good stuff. Yeah. So, Rick, we're we're March, early March now. When is the official severe weather season here for Oklahoma? Officially, the official date that severe weather severe weather season begins in Oklahoma officially January first oh, and ends December thirty first. December thirty first. <laughs> oh my god! Write that down. Gotcha. We've done a lot of research on that. No, it's. We get into the peak of severe weather season. I mean, we're this area, we just had all the tornadoes over in Middle Tennessee. They have severe weather all times of year. Ours is much more concentrated. So while we can have tornadoes every month of the year, it's really concentrated mid-March through mid, early to mid-June. That's when we're not allowed to take vacation time, and that's when your family doesn't expect to see you. And we're getting into that period. But uh, uh, the bulk of the tornadoes, I think, uh, over 70% of the tornadoes typically in Oklahoma happen during those three months. So how do you guys gear up for it then? Is there like, hey, we're guys, we're getting ready. What, what do you tell the guys out there? Well, in our office, we're, we just today, we went through some seasonal readiness training. We're going through exercises. We have a simulator in the office where forecasters can sit down and go through events to kind of fine tune their, their warning skills. We're reviewing policies, procedures. I mean, it's just like, just like a, a football team getting ready for a game. I mean, you're checking the playbook, making sure you know who's going to do what and making sure we're all ready for, for whatever comes. And, and um, so, yeah, it's, it's a, 
that's a year round thing too. We do that seasonally, but, but for severe weather, and there's also a lot of external stuff too. We're doing stuff with the, in the communities, with the emergency managers, the public safety agencies, TV stations. So there's a lot. It's, there's, so, we don't just, I tell people we don't just slide down a fire pole and issue the tornado warnings. It's, 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 it, it takes a whole year of work to get ready for that. So how many people do you usually have uh, on staff during a day of a busy severe weather? Well, all weather service offices are staffed for quiet weather. So uh, if it's if it's anything more than just a handful of storms or warnings, we have to have more people come in. Just depends on the scope. If it's a big day like May 20th last year, the high risk day, every chair in the room is full. So we may have 10, 12, 14 people in the office. Because I do notice like NWS chat now, people are really on it. It's kind of nice to know like, hey, we're about to issue a warning. We try. Yeah. I mean, and, th and that takes people and that takes a lot of we 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 pretty much have to dedicate someone just to NWS chat. And sometimes we have multiple, multiple people in there because that's such a valuable lifeline between us and the TV meteorologists and everybody else. What happens if an event like kind of sneaks, obviously it's less common nowadays with the models and everything. What if an event sneaks up on you and you realize crap, we're understaffed. Like, do you have people on call that, you know, I don't. I don't what? understand what you're talking about. <laughs> Sneak up on you? It, it's, it's less frequent. Call. It's less frequent. No, I'm. No, it happens, and yeah. and it's happened. And yeah, I mean, we're not officially on call, but I mean, certainly, uh, we'll call people in. I mean, the yeah. first people, you know, sometimes for an anticipating event, we'll have a list and say, okay, if you need me, call me. I can come in after yeah. two or whatever. But uh, there's the management team. I'm a part of the management team of the office so that we might get called in or we might just go in. So, yeah. And, but sometimes yeah. if you're in it and it's going on, you just have to you just have Work to do the it. best you can. Yeah. Because, yeah. Rick, I have dry cleaning that needs to be picked up. So I need you. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll put it I'll put it on my list. <laughs> so I've got a question for each of you. What is the longest shift that you have ever worked and what weather event was that? Because I know for different tornado outbreaks, hurricanes, I mean, you can not leave the station. I mean, at one of my stations, we had showers there and you just like sleep in a different area. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> showers. <laughs> It was in Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, yeah. I've been down there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it was uh, probably, some have been back there so long ago, I can't remember. But um, May 3rd, 99 was probably the longest because at the station at 8 or 9 o'clock that morning, because the, the forecast next day, the, the, the models looked like something might happen, like thunderstorms and a few tornadoes. And in, their, in that morning, eight o'clock or so, and I think I went home. My wife came and picked me up uh, at about uh, four or five a.m., which which it's long. Uh, yeah, and you know you just get in the rhythm of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the storms don't don't uh, respect our clock and our, <laughs> our shifts and things. I don't know. I've worked I've worked quite a few sixteen-hour shifts. One was just this past May that I distinctly remember coming in about. 6 a.m. being there till at least 10 and probably after, and that's the day we had a, an EF3 tornado hit El Reno, which is just west of here, and uh, up at 5 the next morning to go do the damage survey. So sometimes it's not just the long hours of one shift, it's the back-to-back. -back. So it's, it's working 16 hours and then going right back in and doing it again the next day. Because if we get into those patterns around here, you can get that day after day where you just have 
the dry line sitting out there and storm, storm, storms just over and over. It seems like you can make it through the day on those type of long days where somebody like, just bring me food constantly at times. But then as soon as you get home, you're dead to the world. Yeah. Did you get food? Do you food. Get food? <laughs> and the shower. That's, yeah, I never got the shower. I worked in the wrong place, man. I don't know how many events I've worked where you're in it and your your adrenaline's going and you're busy and it's I don't know it's sometimes six seven eight nine in the evening you're like wait a minute when's the last time we ate you know right. and you hope somebody yeah. thinks to order pizza or yeah. something yeah. but but uh, it it happens you just you just go and you you run on adrenaline and you run on what you got and but that happens but um, but yeah it's yeah and it, you get home and I don't know I I have trouble shutting off completely when I get home I'm usually the, the the last thing you think you would want to do is get home and look at more weather, but sometimes you go home and sit you on the can't couch. Stop and yourself. You can't stop. Weather is a job you can't leave at the office very easily. Well, I'll tell you what, we're talking about all these storms with spring and summer coming and motorcycle, RV, and other cross-country trips being planned. I need to tell you guys about the Drive Weather app. Uh, I used to, whenever I went cross-country, I'd always have to look up every single National Weather Service uh, website on my trip and I would look at their hourly forecast to see by the time I'm going through that part of the country uh, what's the weather going to be like especially in the winter when I would travel in the winter and what's great about the drive weather app is now it does all that for me with the slide of a timeline I can see what the weather will be like along my route when I get there it also now has a special time tweaker for RVs and truckers, it might not go as fast as most, most vehicles, so you could adjust the speed of the trip, but it's available on uh, iOS and Android. The Drive Weather app has a free version up to two days of weather and city-to-city -city routing, or it's got a $9.99 a year subscription. Gets you seven days of weather, wind direction, wind speed, and address-to-address -address routing. So to find out more, go to driveweatherapp.com. Dot com. So we're, hey, we're going to go ahead and get another Stormfront Freaks Pale Ale and uh, take a break. You're going to get to hear a special segment of Santa's Titan You Minute. Uh, we'll be right back with Rick and Gary. Tornado Titans is where we capture incredible skies and we teach you to do it too. It's coming right for us. Get ready for the Titan You Minute. Hey everyone, it's Santa here for the 100th episode of Stormfront Freaks and it's time for a Titan U Minute. Today we're going to talk about three tips to make your storm chase season a success in 2020. First tip, choose your battles wisely. All too often chasers are way eager to get on the road. I get it, you get it, we all get it. Winter is the worst. No, I'm not apologizing for that opinion. But what I am going to do is say that chases in March are rarely as good as chases in June. And chases in April, if it's a more marginal day, you're better off saving your vacation and budget for a marginal day in June. What I'm saying is that the season is like Stormfront Freaks. It gets better with time. So don't rush out after any little setup early on and blow your budget away before the season gets really good. Second tip, buy a microphone for your video camera. Did you know audio is 51% of your video picture? It's true. Invest in a really good mic for your video camera this year. We have a good recommendations for any budget on tornadotitans.com on our gear recommendations page. Last tip, 
Commit to using a tripod this year. I'm serious. Tripods and steady video are actually what people crave. The jumpy videos of the past are cool and all, but people are actually frustrated by it. There's a reason camera companies are investing tons into hardcore stabilization features. Jittery video is out, stable video is in. Stabilize your camera with a tripod. Do the same with a dash cam mount. Be happy. Once again, we have all the gear recommendations for you on TornadoTitans.com. Also, we have over 100 hours of educational video material on our site, and we're growing every day. Just like Stormfront Freaks, Tornado Titans gets better with age. As we move into our second decade, we'd love to make you a Titan too. Visit us at TornadoTitans.com. Helicity.co is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freaks podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 10% discount on your entire order when you use the code FREAKS at checkout. Listen for a new code each episode. That code again is FREAKS. Find it all at Helicity.co. Hey, welcome everybody. Awesome. We are here at the Vanessa House Beer Company in downtown Oklahoma City to celebrate our 100th episode. And we are with guests Gary England and Rick Smith. Guys, I've got a question for you. So just recently, obviously, uh, some tornadoes went through Tennessee specifically uh, that got hit pretty hard. And most importantly, because they were at night. Okay. And so I know you guys have been through a lot of that uh, here in Oklahoma as well. I'd like to hear, we'll just go each separately, um, what kind of advice uh, and, and, and what kinds of things people can do, uh, and you, you might both have similar answers, but I think there's probably a list of things that people can do to just be prepared for that and why we probably had the, the deaths that we had in Tennessee was because they were probably at night, had a lot to do with it. So Gary, I'll start with you. What, what can people do to help them during night, evening tornadoes when they might be sleeping? Well, first of all, I tell them, and I've done this for years, I spent my life trying to educate the, the, the public that they had to stay aware. I say, get up in the morning, we get up, check the forecast. Noontime, check it again. Go to SPC, the weather service, check it out. Staying in the evening before you go to bed, you check it out. Then you're aware of what might happen. Uh, what I've seen uh, a lot of times here in Oklahoma and other places is that people don't, the warnings are great, most cases, by 99%. Is that pretty close? Is it really, really? 99.9. I'm talking about just the one you're on, which is 99%, man. Keep going, keep going. Uh, but uh, they don't get the message. And there's a, be a bunch of people in every town that just don't get the message. And it's, it's just frustrating. Uh, like the uh, Moore Tornado 2013. Uh, you know, we talked about the day before, the day of, and what was going on. Beautiful picture of the tornado. Houses going up, people dying. And, and uh, you know, I talked to people after this. One guy said, well, we were at a such such location right there where we went through, and the they knew there was a warning. I don't know whether they heard the sirens or what, but then they, they when they took actions, when they looked out the front window and they took off, so they, they didn't stay aware of what make, might happen. And we told them early on, you know, talk to your schools, make sure that you may go, tell them you may go get your kids early. And, and those, the schools were hit 
one of them that was hit really badly, uh, many of those kids were already gone. Their parents had picked them up. Otherwise, yeah. it would be a lot yeah, more. Yeah, so thank goodness. I just drive home awareness, 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 because you can't make them all do it. Yeah, and, and nighttime tornadoes are scary anywhere. I grew up in Tennessee, and a stat that's interesting and, and scary is Tennessee has more nocturnal tornadoes and more nocturnal tornado deaths than any, of, any other really? state. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think Walker Ashley did a, did a study on that, and there's a, that's in a paper that he wrote. But so it's it's not, you know, sometimes you hear on the media, well, this freak storm or this unusual thing. It's not that unusual to have these nighttime storms, and really – it does, Gary talked about warnings. It doesn't matter how good the warnings are. If you don't hear them or you don't get them, then it's like, you know, you're talking to a wall. So you've got to have some way to wake you up in the middle of the night. We still have uh, across the country an overdependence on outdoor warning sirens. People are saying, well, I didn't hear a siren or the si you're not supposed to hear the siren if you're in your house asleep. That's not what it's for. Uh, so weather radios, we heard stories in the Tennessee tornadoes where weather radios save lives. Um, people got the alert. Uh, it woke them up. Uh, their wireless emergency alerts on their cell phones save lives. You've got to have multiple ways to get a warning 24 hours a day, and you've got to have some way that will wake you up in the middle of the night, especially if it's in that area where those happen a lot. We get them here occasionally, but not that often. We don't get the overnight ones very often, but it's, it's common over there. So it's just getting the warning is, is critical. And then, of course, you got to do something when you get the warning, but you know you got to get the warning first. Yeah, and I feel like there's only so much you guys can do, right? Because... <sighs> You know, I saw a tweet of someone who uh, was complaining because they were watching The Bachelor or something on TV and it had cut in. And then a few hours later, I saw that same person who tweeted a picture of damage in Tennessee and like one of their next door neighbors or something had their house completely gone. And so it's, it's I feel like there's only so much you can do. Right. But, you know, because people people are concentrated, you know, they're concentrated on. You know the entertainment in front of them. They they want to they want to see the shows. They want to see. Yeah. And when it comes to weather, it's just it's kind of a you know on the back burner. You know? Unless it's in their backyard. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Can you yeah. can you go door to door? How big of a staff would you need to do? Uh, people would like us too. I think. I mean that would that's that's. If you interrupt their program, they'll throw you out the door. Well, yeah. I, they probably would. You know um, that. I mean, and that's kind of a testament to how good the weather information's gotten from the TV meteorologists yeah. and the weather service and everybody else. There's a high expectation now. People expect that level of well, what what time yeah. is it going to get here and is it going to hit me? I don't care about the house next door or across the street. And, of course, we can't do that. Yeah. I will. Let me tell you one quick story. Yes. Because uh, those of us who have done television, we really get angry about the people that complain. <laughs> and this one guy kept calling me up. And he, and he called me up one time and he said, you know, I'm going to whip your tail, something like that. And I was just in a bad mood. I said, okay, meet me behind the TV station at 6.31. So 6.31 came, and I get it at the biggest dude in that station you ever see. And we walked out the back door together. The guy just took first gear and took off in his pickup, and that was it. Oh, my God. But this so he actually showed up. Oh, he showed up. Amazing. Oh, he was there. Yeah. I suspect he would be because he was pretty strange. But I had a big dude with me. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing how people, I, I noticed that too. I mean, a lot of us have worked on TV and just they, I don't know, they'll show, I've had someone show up at the station too, but they just like wanted to meet me, but still it was creepy. And you're just like, oh, uh, very you know, creepy. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. So I have a question for each of you. What is the hardest thing for you to forecast? 
when it comes to daily or when it comes to severe weather events, like merging supercells, kind of like the Joplin tornado, which was very tricky to forecast, especially with that uh, tornado, the warning cone and everything. It, it kind of collided together two storms and turned into this massive circulation. But what is one of the hardest things, I guess, daily and then an event in your life, a weather event that was really hard for you to forecast? Uh, do, we don't have enough time on the show I don't think, for, yeah. for the list. You've got a list, I'm, I'm sure, a mile long, but I don't know. Uh, severe weather-wise, there's a misperception about Oklahoma that we get all the big supercells. You know, it's like shooting fish in a barrel to issue warnings here. They're all big supercells, isolated. You've got all the chasers. You can see them a mile away. That's not all we get. We get the Alabama, Tennessee storms here too. We get the lines, we get the, the embedded circulations, the QLCS tornadoes and things like that. Those are tough. Those are tough to forecast and warn for, to react to. They're, they're just bad all around. Um, so yeah, th those are probably the most, the most difficult. And if we're talking severe weather wise, I mean, there's, there's challenges with every event, you know. There's some events, I mean, some of the big tornado events recently, the 2013 tornadoes, May 19th, 20th, 31st, they weren't easy, but they were pretty evident. We were pretty confident, pretty far out that something bad was going to happen somewhere. Uh, those are hard to deal with emotionally, mentally, and all the, all the bad things that happen. But from a forecasting perspective, those aren't difficult. I don't know. It, it's, it, one of our deals around here is the cap, so it may look like, the world is going to end, but if the if the temperature is just one degree warmer, a few thousand feet up than you thought it was going to be, then you're getting a sunburn instead of you know storms. So and that there's all kinds of things that that can complicate the forecast here, but that's a big one. Well, just regular forecasting, it's snow for me. Snow is very difficult. It's getting better with some of the models getting a little bit better. So everything's been improving. The forecast's been improving. The warnings have improved. As uh, far as uh, boy. I don't know. You know, I said I got a list a mile long. Now uh, with my fear, that's got to be tough though. Snow and ice and and yeah. well, yeah, yeah, we're talking where. Yeah, for, that's type, the absolute worst. Type is a, if you can't get the precip type right, you're never gonna get the amounts right. Right. I mean, yeah. And that's, yeah. It's and and I think I have the feeling a lot of places in the country say this. Well, we're always on the line. And I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. We we're always on the line. Tulsa's always on the line. Oklahoma City's always on the line. <laughs> you're on the line uh, up there. <laughs> I blame the interstates. The interstates seem to have something yes. to do with it. But, but winter, winter weather is, sucks. It's, yeah, it's it hard is. to predict. And, and people, people are obnoxiously passionate about their snow. And if you tell yeah. them it's going to snow and it doesn't, they are brutal. I mean, it's just like, Look, we don't. We're in prediction, not production. They always we don't go to the biggest order. model, too. They always go to the biggest model. Oh, yeah. yeah. This has the one, baby. Yeah. 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 They pick that, at least ones I've watched. They pick the worst model, the most snow, the snow highest again, wind, right. and that's it. And uh, that's that's sad. There's a lot that goes on. Because how does it work here in Oklahoma City? If you guys get snow, does everything shut down? I know Atlanta. You get a. I say it's a flake or a foot. They close school. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. You don't have to have much. If you get a, if you get an inch or two, it's 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 bad. It just depends. I mean, we can get a glaze, a trace of freezing drizzle, and that shuts the city down more than anything tra transportation-wise. I mean, that's and that's happened yeah. more than I like to admit, but I mean that happens. But yeah, it doesn't take much snow and ice. Mm -hmm. And and lately, uh, you know, it's like I said, we've had challenges with the snow forecast. You know, and people like to make decisions earlier and earlier. School systems they want to close. 
the day before and not wait till the next morning. And boy, those are long nights saying it's going to snow and the school's all closed. And boy, you wake up like a little kid peeking out the blinds going, oh, I hope it's snow. Oh, I hope it's snow. I hope it's snow. Oh, please let there be white on Just the ground. One more uh, quick question. So, Rick, I know you've been on a lot of surveys, and same with you, Gary. What is the most shocking thing you've seen from storm damage-wise from a tornado or something else? Because I know um, during the April 27, 2011 tornadoes in northern Alabama, the National Weather Service had found it was a safe bolted into the ground that had been, like, destroyed and picked up. I mean, what, what's one of the most shocking things sh showing the power of just weather in general? Got, what do you got? Well, I think the most shocking thing I've seen when I surveyed the damage in May 3rd, 99, the, the damage was horrific. Uh, it was total chaos. You know, the street signs were gone. All that stuff was gone. But I think the thing that really got me is I got, came to this one house. A policeman was taking me through there, and the house was gone. And the pipes were sheared off, and the pad had been lifted off. It was just absolutely... Like the concrete pad? Yeah, oh, the yeah, it was gone too. Wow. And, you know, that sucker was really, really strong. So it's about the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Of course, I've seen all the stuff. Yeah. Board stuck here and all those things, but that was probably it. Kind of like in Twister, right? Kind of like in right. Twister, yeah. Right. <laughs> good pop culture reference, Matt. That, that last tornado was not bad in Twister. No, it was pretty good. I mean, anytime you go out and do a damage survey, you see things. And some of the violent tornadoes we've had here... I mean, sometimes it just really hits you when you're out there. This, You're a scientist and you're looking for data, but at some point it hits you, this mud that you're walking around in, there's people's lives in there. So there's toys and this was in their people's pantry just last night or their refrigerator. So that's all shocking to me. But some of us, the, the demonstrations of power, some of the vehicles that we've seen, uh, pieces of vehicles thrown over a mile that we couldn't even identify what the vehicle used to wow. be. May 24, 2011, an EF5 tornado out near El Reno actually pulled an oil rig up out of the ground. And that's, we don't even know how to rate that. I mean, that's, that was just, wow. we had to get engineers to try to help us. What in the world would it take to do this? And I don't know, you, you see things all the time, but it's, it's, um, the, the fact that that's wind and, and, and moisture, you know, and it's, it's not there and then it develops and it, and it does its thing. It, it's, uh, it, goes away. it goes away, then it's gone. So it's crazy. Let me, let me, let me say just one thing about that, that tornado near El Reno. It was huge. Was it four miles across or whatever it was? I don't remember, but it was huge, but you had the big, the entire cell was rotating it. And in it, you know, of course you had the massive big funnels forming in here around, around the periphery, not on the far periphery, but on the periphery there, other tornadoes were rotating around and the, the speed clocked on those one on those was a uh, uh, I think one of the faster was 175 miles an hour. So that means if you're out there looking around, and you you're watching the storms there, and this thing forms there, you don't even have time to say goodbye. So and there were many of those rotating in there, 175, 100, down the road, not twist down the road. And that that's what caught some people too, correct? Yeah, it mm -hmm. did. Yeah, besides yeah, white people and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I work as a consulting. Uh, meteorologist for attorneys, and I worked on that deal with some people, and also those ones down in Moore, a lot of other places. But that was just—I know that one group, the tornado, the big tornadoes are over here, and there's a big one down in here. They went south, and it was a bad decision. The, you know, I, I would think anybody—well, I was—you know—but it was a bad decision. Whoever made that to go south, uh, it was not—it was not good. 
Well, and you guys talk about outreach too. <clears throat> so you do stuff at the weather service. I know on the TV side, we always went to schools. Schools. What's the what, more schools? Let's start with the schools. What's the craziest questions or craziest event you've ever been to? Well, this kid said to me, "How old are you?" <laughs> what was your response? Yeah. <laughs> I said, "I thought I was going to you little," but uh, <laughs> but I said, "Hey, babe, I'm really old," and he went. Cool, man. Cool. <laughs> Wasn't that great? Oh, my God. Um, the, the thing we get at school talks is, and the teachers are getting better about this, but it's not the questions, it's the stories. You know? Does anybody have any questions? Yeah. One time, my uncle was in a, if you hear one time, you know you get the story. Or, or then you get the, can a tornado pick up a dinosaur? And, but, uh, it's, but you get some good questions. You get some really insightful questions every once in a while. It's like, Wow. I've never thought of it, or, you know, they get stumped sometimes, and, that, and that's cool. What I did to get around that a little bit, before I went to the school, we talked, we talk, I'm sorry about that. I'm not used to microphones, man. Uh, we right. talk to the teacher and say, pick me out six boys and six girls, tell them we want good questions from them and no stories. And it worked. We put them on the stage, and there's none of this. My Uncle Charlie said. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. So you guys have yeah. probably a pretty decent pulse. Do you think there's still a lot of kids that are getting interested in weather just from conversations you've had? Is there a lot of engagement in that? And, you know, what do you guys think about that? I, you know, I think, I think there's a lot. I don't know how the enrollment's going down in the schools. I know that was a while back was going down a little bit. But I think there's still a lot of engagement. There's a lot of people interested. Those little devils growing up. Some, they're just like you guys. Just, you can grab on, you got the gene for it, and you can't get rid of it. Yeah, we run into people uh, at outreach events, little kids coming up, and they're they're either fascinated by storms or terrified by storms, and meteorologists start both ways. And so I think there's a pretty good pipeline uh, coming. Yeah. Uh, we, we still get lots of interest. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what, talking about kids. So in episode 71, we got to speak with indie developer and storm chaser Mark Remillard about the outbreak storm chasing video game project uh, we're happy to announce they actually just launched their kickstarter campaign about a week ago to finish development in the game and they've already met their goal so this thing is already happening so congratulations to them this thing's got realistic weather simulation mimicking tornado alley you can get chase vehicle customization including the option of getting behind the famous dominator three uh, but so now that it's been funded, we can shoot for these stretch goals. So this is how Kickstarter works. Uh, some of these stretch goals we can still get are offline chasing, social features, Jen, and even a sandbox mode, just to name a few. So make sure you don't miss out on getting this game when it's released or even get involved in the beta testing. Uh, this Kickstarter campaign, it ends March 24th. So you got to hurry. Go to kickstarter.com and search Outbreak, and that's spelled O-U-T-B-R-K, yeah. O-U-T-B-R-K. So, hey, I'm going to be playing that game, Phil. I'm, yeah, I'm totally. not a kid. Come totally. on, man. You were playing that game. So, and, and so, listen, we've actually got it now, too, where now that it's been funded, uh, one of the customizations you can put on your chase vehicle is a Stormfront Freaks podcast oh, yeah, sticker. yeah. yeah. That would be pretty cool. So, hey, we got some Midland weather radios to give away here, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, when you guys and when we come back, uh, we're going to get a special segment of Tracker Chat. Uh, so we'll be also right back with Rick and Gary's lightning round. So stay tuned. Woo! Yeah.
welcome to Tracker Chat. Uh, we are the Tornado Trackers. Uh, my name is Jeremy Heyman, and I'm joined by Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. We are excited to join uh, the 100th episode of Stormfront Freaks. Um, and on this week's episode of Tracker Chat, uh, us three guys are going to talk about what skills, uh, what we'd like to be in place um, in the long term. So I'll let Gabe Cox kick us off. Where do you want to be, Gabe, uh, on your 100th chase? I don't know. Have you hit your 100th chase, do you think? Do you think you've done 100 chases? That's a good question. Uh, (laughs) I'm not a numbers guy, so I don't really keep track of what I've seen. (laughs) Yeah. It's quality over quantity for me. Let's just assume that I haven't. I think the biggest thing for me, I would love to improve uh, my forecasting skills. As someone who has not thoroughly studied meteorology, I know there's tons of growing room for me there. Yeah, there's definitely a lot that I don't understand about the atmosphere, and that obviously is detrimental to choosing a target. So I think that's the biggest thing for me, forecasting skills. Um, But I have found uh, some great resources through the Storm Prediction Center. They have a whole video lecture series and the National Weather Service about forecasting you can get as in-depth as you want or as high level as you want. So those are great resources for me um, and our team as we're honing in on our forecasting skills. So you're saying you want to uh, learn calculus so that you can do all the math, <laughs> the atmospheric math? <laughs> I, I want to learn everything I can without using math. <laughs> right on. Yeah, uh, what a good goal. Jeff, what about you? What's the kind of the lifetime goal that you want to work on with storm chasing? I think I, I want to work on um, real-time patience. Something happened last year where um, Gabe and I were hoping to go to the Panhandle, and it looked like it was going to be a huge storm structure day, and then I couldn't go. The video that came out of what what Gabe took that night, I have I've watched that video over and over and over and thought, man, Next year, I want to have a few opportunities to, to have the patience to sit in front of something like that and just let it spin toward me and then over me, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, patience is so challenging. Uh, for me, uh, on my 100th chase, I hope that I can really enjoy the chase overall and just the privilege of getting to be out there and um, experience beauty and, and kind of the, the hugeness of nature and the, that, that I can kind of have some contentment on the road. And um, if I don't see something, you know, uh, chalk it up to adding just to my experience and to my forecasting yeah. skills. Um, I feel like fa- failure is the best teacher ultimately. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I hope overall, just kind of an attitude of um, maybe letting some expectations go. That's what I hope. On my yeah, chase. that's huge. I think yeah. that that will make or break your storm season. I know I have gone through the extremes of both. 2017 was for me. I had so many expectations that never got met, and I was miserable. That storm season was the mm. worst for me. And then 2018, I had made up my mind that I'm going to walk into the storm season. I'm going to take whatever is given to me, and I'm going to enjoy it. And it was the best storm season. We hardly saw any tornadoes that year, but it was so much fun because. I had released expectations and just enjoyed wherever I, I ended up, enjoyed the towns I got to see, the people I got to meet, whatever storms were given to me. It was night and day difference. You know, one of the things that my son's baseball coaches have told him every year, don't let a bad play beat you twice. 
and it's so cliche. Yeah. But you start watching your kid, and you're like, yeah, like there's a lot of game left. Don't root, don't miss the rest of the great game because of one play. And I think chasing is so, so much like that. It's like one or two chases that don't paint out have this way of like, well, there goes somehow, there goes the whole season. Yeah. We go in our brains like that as opposed to going, all right, got to reboot. It's like it really is the art of rebooting. I think that's a good one. I take mine back. I want that <laughs> one. <laughs> you can't have it. All right. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, all great advice. Um, storm chasing is like life. It's just it's a long, winding road and... Um, failure is a great teacher and we're always trying to get better and yeah so thanks fellas uh this has uh been tracker chat i've been jeremy Heyman with gabe cox and jeff mangum our website is tornadotrackers.org i just want to say thank you to the stormfront freaks guys just congrats on 100 episodes that's just happy an, anniversary yeah, happy 100th amazing accomplishment uh, 100 episodes um thanks for letting us be a part of it Um, This has been Tracker Chat, and we'll see you next time. Hi, this is James Spann with the Weather Brains Podcast, and here's a message to get you weather ready. The spring season is here, and we want to prepare you for spring weather threats, which include tornadoes. Is your family prepared for severe weather? Practice makes perfect, which is why it's important to conduct a family severe thunderstorm drill regularly so everyone knows what to do if a tornado is approaching. The safest place in your home is a basement, storm cellar, or an interior room on the lowest floor with no windows. And don't forget the furry members of your family. Make sure your pets are included in your family emergency plan. For more information, please visit the NOAA Weather Ready Nation website at weather.gov WRN. Hey, it's Ginger Z from ABC News, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the sun. Well, welcome back, everybody. So we're here in downtown Oklahoma City celebrating our 100th episode at the Vanessa House Beer Company. And uh, we've got the opportunity tonight... To of course, that's that's the sound. It's time for our lightning round. Right. So uh, this is uh, this is our game show of flashy questions. You just freaked everybody that, in the bar. Out. Was thunder. <laughs> They're like, "What the heck?" Yeah, both Gary and Rick were like, "Crap!" There wasn't supposed to be anything tonight. Uh, but this is our game show of brilliant questions, flashy questions. We always play play with our guests, and, and we always invite everybody else to play along with us. Uh, tonight we're going to play a little version. Uh, we're going to call this. Famous Oklahomans versus the Freaks. Whoa! Oh, I like it. So fit, famous. <laughs> really, I just got like, a deer in a headlight look from Gary. Like, what the? Famous what Oklahomans versus the Freaks. So what I'm going to do is, is so both Rick and Gary, they're not going up against each other. They're going to be going up individually against the Freaks. Come on, come on. Okay. Come on, let's go. Our co-hosts here. Air five. There you go. And, and so this is going to be all about famous Oklahomans. And so oh, what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to start. I've got four. There's four clues to each of these famous guests, uh, famous Oklahomans. Davy Crockett. And I'm going to give one. I'm going to look Get around. Thousand. That's wrong. 
Uh, so I'm so I'm gonna give a I'm gonna quick give a clue. You guys, if if you know it, but you are here's what happens if you if I hear anybody blurt out an oh, answer, is that why you're looking at me like wrong, that? Oh, and it's wrong. Then you guys are shut off, or you guys are shut off. It doesn't matter if I hear something and it's wrong. Then the other, either the freaks or our our uh, guests, get to hear the rest of the clues all the way to the end, and then can answer. Okay, so so you got to be careful, right? Not not to jump too soon. Better not join that crap. All right, man. Come on. All right. So so here we go. So we're gonna start off, Rick. Rick, you're going up against the freaks. First one, Rick and the freaks. All right, Rick. All right. Come on. Here we go. All right. So let me get. Okay. So here's the first clue: baseball. Jeez. Second clue: catcher. Scared to say. Third clue: 1989 Hall of Famer. Okay, I'm gonna risk it. The only one I can think of is Mickey Mantle. That is incorrect. It's not Mickey Mantle, and partly because Mickey Mantle was not a catcher. You guys can't cheat. Is the final clue cheating? No, no, no. You can't cheat. All right, but here the freaks get the last clue. The final clue, clue right? Prime. The last clue is 1976 Cincinnati Reds World Series MVP. Oh. Can you do a rhyme? Can you like rhyme his name? No, so just give it? me his name. <laughs> can I try again? It's his know. name or not? Does anyone know? Hey, hey. hey, hey All right. Hey. All right. <laughs> you, you guys didn't get Gary. What is I it? No idea. No, she's listening. Help him over there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we gave the guy a weather radio. Pull the crowd. Yeah. Hey, we're using yeah. a lifeline. Pull yeah. the crowd. Pull the crowd. Come over here. Johnny. Johnny Bench. That is it, Gary. We don't like the word soliciting over here. All right, next one, Gary. Gary, you're going up against the freaks. So here we go. First clue. Famous Oklahoman. Music. Second clue. Country singer and songwriter. Okay. Third clue, married to Trisha Yearwood. Oh, okay. Oh, hell, I can't I remember his name. I just say it. I know. If you say, if you're Can willing say to say it? it, say it. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Yeah. That's it. Nice. Garth Brooks. All right, Rick, you're next. Rick, Rick and freaks. Here we go. Need, they're gonna need double points, Phil. You First clue. First clue. TV movies. TV movies. TV and movies. Okay. Second clue, actor. Okay. Third clue, Maverick. James Garner. That was correct. Oh, Good job, right, Rick. James Garner. That's go. James Garner. We have a statue of him in Norman. So. All right, Gary. Oh, nice. Gary, this is you. <laughs> this is going to be good. God help us. This is going to be good. Okay. Ready, guys? Music. Pop group. Third clue. Third clue. Three young brothers, Isaac, Taylor, and Zach. Fourth clue. Mbop. Were they out of Tulsa? What? Were they out of Tulsa? Uh, I don't know. They were out of Oklahoma. Hanson. Do you know? Hanson. 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 That's yeah. correct. Hansen. I knew that. Hanson. Hanson. All right, Rick. Hey, shut the f up. Oh! Hey, we like oh, them. Leave them alone. All right. I got that one myself. Here we go, Rick. Rick. 
we, we got the edit time on that. All right. All right, here we go. Listen up. Here we go. Uh, TV movies. First clue. Rick and Freaks. TV movies. Actor and director Ooh, okay. of TV and movies. Third clue. Happy Days. What's Happy Days? Fourth Howard? clue. Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Yeah. Man's got that one. All right, we got a couple more. Gary, that. you're up. Gary, here we go. I give me right. a softball. Baseball <laughs> outfielder. Baseball outfielder. I'm lost. Same. 1974 Hall of Famer. From Oklahoma? From Oklahoma. No clue. Not yet. Let's have another one. Yeah. Third clue. Battled alcoholism most of his life. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Who is it? Go, Gary. You got it. He was Bobby Mercer's best friend. Well, I, but I need an, Bobby. I need I need the Bobby Mercer's best friend. Well, that's better than the hint name. you're giving. That's an, that's a good hint, though. That's a good hint. You got it. Uh, All right, here's the last one. New York Yankees number seven is retired. Give it I know he is. I can see Give it to Gary. Yeah. All right, we're gonna give it to it's, it's Wait, Bobby Mercer's that. best friend. Yeah. Every time, every time Bobby and I were in Dallas. He said, I want you to meet him. And I can't remember his name. And when we go over to his house and call him, he's always drunk. <laughs> he was, which is sad. It, it, was, uh, it was Mickey Mantle. Mickey, Mickey Mantle. Mantle. Mickey, Mantle. Hey. Mickey Mantle. We almost, almost went to a steakhouse tonight. All right, Rick. All right, you guys got your last ones coming up. Rick, hey, what's the score? Last one. Hold on. What's the score? I, we don't keep score. It's you tied. It's tied. All right, it's tied. It's tied. All the marbles. All right, Reba. <laughs> Oh, Reba McIntyre. I got it. Reba. Reba McIntyre. Reba. 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 Second is actor, actor in the movies. Third clue is going to be a big one. Academy Award winner. Also very broad. But I'm not going to give the name. I'm not oh. going to give the name of the movie. I was going to do it, but it's too much of a giveaway. Three clues? Is that, that three? No, we're going fourth clue. Last clue. Okay, oh. one more. Former wives, Angelina Jolie and Jennifer Aniston. Brad Pitt. Oh, I'm yeah. giving it to Rick. Rick and Gary. Oh. Wow, that was close. I saw it. It was coming out of his lips before over here. So from that was from Shawnee, Oklahoma. Now we know what Rick does on his spare, his spare time. Right. Uh, Damn, that was good. That was, I think that was about as close a finish as we've ever had in a lightning so, round. That was good. That was wow. good. That was true lightning round right there. That was true lightning round. So um, the other clue, or the other clue I cut short was Academy Award winner in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which he just got, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that was the other clue. All right. So do me a favor, Rick. We'll start with you. How can our listeners find you on social media? Well, I'm on Twitter at, at OUNWCM and uh, try to stay out of trouble as best I can on there. But uh, I like to share weather information and, and uh, it's mostly weather. So yeah, OUNWCM. What's your okay. phone number? Uh, <laughs> I'll get that later. Okay. All right, Gary. What about you? How can uh, our I'm, on, find you? I'm on Twitter at Gary E. Okay. Gary E. Okay. And on Facebook, I'm on there as Gary England. Gary A. England. 
and Gary Twistering. So three pages. Okay. That's a lot. I, I, I will let you know while we're here right now live, uh, you have blocked us on Twitter. Did you know that? No. We're blocked yeah. on Twitter. I, I saw I, it. I, I, saw I, I pull it. you it's up. True. Gary England has blocked Stormfront Freaks yep. on Twitter. You, so. you must have said a bad word. <laughs> we must have. Yeah, it's not uncommon. Not uncommon. Uh, you know. So I'll tell you what. We got, uh, we got some more Midland weather radios we're going to give away here. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. You're going to get to hear a special segment of Tornado Talk, and we will be right back with Weather Trollbot 5000. No. We are excited to be back with the Stormfront Freaks podcast for their special 100th episode. And our Twister summary goes back to April 9th, 1947. We look at the deadliest tornado to ever strike the state of Oklahoma. It was part of a family of at least six tornadoes that traveled along a 220-mile path from the Texas Panhandle through Oklahoma and into south-central Kansas. The Woodward, Oklahoma F5 tornado actually began near Canadian Texas. It was determined to have a continuous path of at least 100 miles and at one point was 1.8 miles wide. The tornado dissipated near Alva in Woods County, Oklahoma. In the Texas Panhandle, the towns of Glacier and Higgins were absolutely demolished. At least 69 were killed in this area. The significant tornado moved through Ellis County, Oklahoma, passing southeast of the Gage area. 160 farms and ranches were destroyed and eight were killed. Woodward was hit at 8.42 p.m. Central Time. Over 100 city blocks on the west and north sides of town were destroyed. Over 1,000 homes and businesses were demolished, and at least 107 were killed and over 1,000 were injured. The tornado weakened beyond Woodward, but still 36 homes were destroyed and 30 were injured in Woods County. Per the original summary of this event by the U.S. Weather Bureau, numerous fires broke out across the Woodward area after the tornado hit. They were difficult to control due to loss of water supply and lack of help. A period of heavy rain for about 15 minutes shortly after the storm helped suppress the fires in this area. Cleanup efforts along the tornado path were hindered days after the event due to snow and wind. An article from the Seminole producer on April 14, 1947 stated that three inches of snow fell at Woodward four days after the tornado hit. There are many heartbreaking stories surrounding the Woodward tornado of April 9, 1947. The bodies of three children were never identified. Another tragedy surrounds the disappearance of four-year-old Joan Gay Croft. Per an article in The Oklahoman, her mother was killed and Joan and her half-sister were taken to the hospital to begin recovery from their injuries. The night after the storm, Joan was taken by two gentlemen dressed in khakis. The TV show Unsolved Mysteries highlighted this story in 1993 and there were several possible leads to the whereabouts of the lost tornado survivor. But sadly to this day, the real Joan Gay Croft has not been found. Per the National Weather Service in Norman, Oklahoma, because of the Woodward tornado and other devastating tornadoes in the late 1940s and early 1950s, and because of the new technologies that were available after World War II, the Weather Bureau began a tornado watch and warning program in 1953. Details for this twister tale were gathered from the National Weather Service in Norman, Oklahoma, from Thomas Grizzoulis and Significant Tornadoes, and from Newspapers.com. Get hooked on more tornado history by going to our website at tornadotalk.com. We have a brand new site, and we are now on Patreon. With your support, we can research and write more summaries, create new audio and video projects, enhance our website, and more. Hi, I'm Jared Smith with the Carolina Weather Group, and here's a message to get you weather ready. The spring season is here, and we want to prepare you for spring weather threats, which includes flooding. Sometimes floods can develop slowly. 
However, flash floods can occur within minutes and sometimes without any sign of rain. Being prepared can save your life and give you peace of mind. Is your home, business, or school in a floodplain? Where is water likely to collect on the roadways you most often travel? What is the fastest way to get to higher ground? Knowing the answers to these questions ahead of time can save your life. For more information, please visit the NOAA Weather Ready Nation website at weather.gov WRN. Hey, this is meteorologist Jim Cantori from the Weather Channel. I am a weather geek, and I am listening to the Stormfront Breaches podcast. You should, too. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we are here in Oklahoma City, and we have brought with us, we, we got her through the security checkpoint at the airport. We brought back Weather Trollbot 5000 is with us tonight. Um, I'm surprised we got her through the checkpoint because Dina, you said you couldn't even get your. I couldn't even get my hand sanitizer yeah. through, and I just can't let it go. And uh, I just so can't this, let it go. This this is amazing. But uh, so Weather Trollbot 5000, we found her in a garage sale way back, uh, and we've kind of repurposed her to be able to interpret the thoughts of our weather friends as they get trolled on social media. And so all we do is we input all this information into Weather Trollbot. And what she does is she kicks out what our weather friend was really thinking when they responded, because all of our weather friends, they're very professional, right? They always, on social media, they say the, the right things and the nice things, and they, they usually never go, go after them. But, but Weather Trollbot interprets this. So we've got, we got four of them tonight. And the first one we're going to go through, so this is our, our friend, uh, former guest, Ginger Z. And Ginger, Ginger. doesn't have a problem putting this stuff on because we love media. her and she doesn't yeah. she doesn't care so so here we go so this was on twitter and and this came from uh we'll throw people under the bus kells kells said this she's at critical curls on twitter she said ginger's uh ginger z's eyes are too scary for tv she looks like she wants to take my soul Jeez. gosh people yeah, exactly. stop oh it God. sorry exactly and, have you and ever so, taken anyone's soul maz not this year not this year not okay this year. good so so here's what ginger came back with she said this might be my favorite tweet of the month wow <laughs> that's all she that's said awesome. you know she just she didn't go anywhere so Ginger's we're going to input all that information into weather trollbot and then what we're going to do is we're going to find out what she was really thinking here is what Ginger was really thinking. Why would I want your soul? Though my eyes are capable of such things if I choose. Wasting that power on you is certainly not worth it. Why would she take your soul is basically what she said. Mark that, by the way, MJ. I don't eat junk food. Let's yeah. say that one more time. Uh, one more time? Yeah. All right, I think hold we're on. Do it's hard to hear it. Hold on. I got to input it. She, you can't, she doesn't save anything. She doesn't have a memory. Uh, okay. she, she needs... <laughs> <laughs> she needs a longer cord. That's what she needs. <laughs> All right, let's here. Here it is. Here is what Ginger was really thinking. Why would I want your soul? Though my eyes are capable of such things if I choose, wasting that power on you is certainly not worth it. Yeah, she said I can nice. do it. That's fair. I mean, she can do it, right? She but just it's not worth gonna, my time. Wasn't going to well waste, well waste your time on that one. All right, so that next one we've got is from Hannah Strong. 
So she's a, a television meteorologist in Louisville. And uh, this was, this looks like it was on uh, Facebook. And Robert Shepard said, you always look great. Did they say something about the way you dress? I love your outfits. You have beauty in class. They make you dress like an old lady. If you have it, you should be able to show it off. I love your legs and feet. Oh, uh, I, it started off listen, so good. But he said, I mean that with heartfelt meaning. I'm not flirting with you. But I'd like to lick your toes. What is he doing? Wasn't that the movie Elf? All right. So, <laughs> so really Hannah, eyes, Hannah, Hannah came back and said, an old lady. Ouch. No, no. No one tells me how to dress. My goal in dressing myself is not to show off any particular asset. My body is not an object for your pleasure. The goal is to not be a distraction from the important information I'm sharing. And it's funny, just the other day, someone wrote me to say I was dressing like a prostitute. Whoa! So I guess you can't please everyone. Back it up. All right, so we're going to go ahead and input that. Weather Trollbot. No one's ever said that about me. I'm sure they like have, man. I'm sorry, man. When you wear your sweater vest. Wear your sweater vest. I don't have. All right, so this just got kicked out. Let's uh, let's find out what she was thinking. Here is what Hannah was really thinking. Stalker alert! You know, if you are going to be creepily flattering, you should not include old lady in your words. I have already filed a restraining order. <laughs> One hundred feet. Don't you dare can get any closer. Oh. Yeah, Hannah's Hannah's uh, taking the precautionary steps she needs to take. That's good. That's, that's I'm a proud weirdo. Of that's on that is a weirdo. Good. All right, next one we've got. So Amy Sweezy. So she yeah, was a guest on our show uh, back in episode ninety-four. Wrote great books. Yep, she's a she's a TV met in Orlando, and uh, she was promoting her appearance on her Facebook. Uh, so she was talking about go to Stormfront Freaks, listen to the podcast. And, and this was what she got on Facebook. So this is from Glenmore Chase, Orlando, Florida. Glenmore. Who's got Glenmore? I don't know. That's a weird name. All right. So Glenmore said, a podcast about weather? I can't think of anything that could be more boring. Whoa. Oh, maybe, maybe a podcast on how to arrange your sock drawer. Oh, Just go no. back to your mom's basement. I, I still have to do, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so Amy, Amy comes back, right. kind, nice, professional. She said, why would you post this on my page? Now, the funny thing is, is like, you should be posting that on the Stormfront Freaks page. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. But, but she said, why on my page? You're welcome to your opinion. You're welcome to not listen to a boring podcast. Wait, did she Which wait, still right. she call us boring? Yeah. Yeah. I, we might have to call Amy out have her uh -oh. Hey, but I don't understand the need to put others down publicly. Yeah. Very That's nice. Such. So behave Very yourself. Very nice. And we had a great time when you were on, Amy. Uh, but let's find out. We got to put this in. Weather Trollbot. You organize your sock drawer. My goodness, Shane. Yeah. It's overdue. All right. So she just spit this out. I'm going to share this. Here we go. I go by. Here is what Amy was really thinking. I would agree Stormfront Freaks podcast is more exciting than a podcast on how to arrange your sock drawer. I would also say the freaks are going to burn your sorry <laughs> ass on their next show. Don't poke a sleeping bear. All right. Yeah. Self-explanatory. Touche, Glenmore. Yeah, Glenn. All right. Last one we got is from our friend Janice Dean. All right, Janice. Hey, from Janice. Fox News. So, so she's awesome. been a guest a couple times. Great. But uh, so this comes from Twitter. 
Greg Rohde uh, at Grody594. Grody? So he just says, nothing too bad. He just says, breaking news, Janice Dean is the only one in America who likes Groundhog Day. Uh, and Janice came back, said, please go complain somewhere else. <laughs> nice. There you go. Right. Yep. Pretty, pretty simple. Yeah. But let's see. I want to know really what Janice was thinking when yes. she said that, because I, I got to think. All right. Janice is It was good. more than that. Right. Oh, All right. So Weather Trollbot just kicked that out. Here we go. Here is what Janice was really thinking. <laughs> off. <laughs> okay. So there you go. Straight to the that. point. <laughs> That's Janice, epic. Janice, Janice. Short and sweet. Right That's what we like. You're good. So weather troll by 5,000. We love her. Hopefully I can get her back in, uh, through the airport again. But uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take our final break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to share some of our favorite memories of the last oh, 100 episodes. Oh, here we this go. is the best. So stay tuned. This is Storm School, where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them. Some topics we'll cover will things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot. Welcome to Storm School. Class yeah. is in session. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Brady Harris. We've got a treat for you today. I'm going to be doing a segment of Storm School, which was essentially an old segment that we had back when the podcast first started. Essentially, it's just me walking through a different weather topic, whether that be tornadoes, hurricanes, uh, lightning, how they form, thunderstorms, all of those things have been covered in the past. So we're going to be doing this for our 100th episode as a, as a little special treat for everyone. So this storm school, we're going to be focusing on cyclogenesis. Some of you may have heard this term before. At, at the heart of it, it's essentially just the forming of a low-pressure system. So cyclogenesis in the United States, you know, most of the cyclones that form over land, um, you know, they're, they're basically called extratropical cyclones, and, and they can bring severe weather to the south. They bring winter storms during the winter. Um, as well as severe weather also in the summer, although they're usually weaker. So at the heart of this cyclogenesis, which essentially is just the forming of a low-pressure system, is a boundary, what's called a stationary front, of cold and warm air. Now this cold and warm air, usually the cold air is originating from Canada, and the warm air is originating from either from some body of water, like the Atlantic or um, uh, Gulf, or it's also just originating from the southern United States. And especially in the winter, there's boundaries, the stationary fronts that set up between this warm and cold air. Now, naturally, this exists, and this isn't necessarily enough to cause a low pressure system. You usually have to have a disturbance, and that's a general term, but uh, an upper-level disturbance known as a trough that goes over top of this stationary front, and, and all a trough is, is basically in the upper levels of the atmosphere, you have lower pressure. So that naturally allows air at the surface to rise. And, and that air, especially when a disturbance goes along a stationary front, is the rising air is going to be the warm air. So what will happen is when that disturbance goes over top of that stationary front, you have warm air on the southern side of the stationary front that will start to rise. And when that warm air starts to rise, um, you have, you know, essentially an area of lower pressure at the surface. Now, air naturally flows from higher pressure to lower pressure. So 
the colder, more dense air is going to generally be higher pressure. So that cold air actually will start to swing south and east. Now that is the beginnings of a cold front. And as that cold air sweeps south and east, it'll run into warm air, push that warm air up, cause that warm air to rise. And especially at the center of the low pressure, that warm air will start to rise and that pressure hence will start to fall. Then the warm air also starts to, as it gets pushed upwards by the cold air, as well as just naturally rising from the lower pressure, will start to slide north and west as it rises. And that is the beginnings of a warm front. Now this system will, the strength, the strengthening of this system will essentially depend on the amount of cold and warm air available. So if there's plenty of warm air and plenty of cold air, warm moist air, this system is going to strengthen quicker. So as that, you know, this process essentially repeats itself as the system strengthens and the pressure drops. Um, and then as that warm air rises and, and moves over top of the cold air along the warm front, you'll actually have precipitation start to form in the form of snow because that warm moist air as it rises will generally cool. So that's where you have on the north and west side, that's what causes all the snow. Now on the cold front side, you're going to have also warm moist air out front of that cold front. So as that cold front goes through, it you know, essentially forces that warm moist air to rise, and that's where you have severe weather and thunderstorms. So essentially this system will continue strengthening until the warm air runs out or what's called occlusion, where the cold air essentially will cut the warm air off. And that's because the cold air, the cold front is moving quicker than the warm front. So eventually that cold air will catch up to the warm air. Uh, the warm front and that system will be occluded that'll be the point of maximum strength and then from there on out the pressure will decrease or increase and the system will slowly weaken so that's kind of the basic stages after occlusion the system generally falls apart but that's kind of what causes a low to form so when you're looking for it in the future look for a stationary front and look for a trough that's going to move through and really cause that initiation of low pressure so that's basically what causes these low pressure systems over the united states um, and, and there's a little bit more to it, but I encourage you guys to look it up. Thanks for joining me for this segment, and uh, let's get back to the podcast. Hi, this is Extreme Meteorologist Free Timmer, and you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive until the sun goes Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, so we're here for our 100th episode. Guys, we've been doing this for 100 episodes, which I guarantee you when Crazy. we started this. No. I mean, it, it, it was maybe somewhere in that vision, but yeah. it was somewhere in that vision. Right? Somebody's vision, <laughs> yes. Hey, we have of, a beer now. Yeah. We have a beer. We've made now it. we have a beer. Yeah. So, which, which after 100 episodes, that's probably the biggest highlight. Yeah, that's 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 a beer. We have a beer. But the point is this. We've, we've created some great memories. And uh, we're just going to have an opportunity to share each of our favorite memories of the show tonight. And, and Jen, I'm going to start with you. Uh, what, what has been your favorite memory of the show? I would say, so Phil got mad at me earlier about this. <laughs> I did. Because I said everything, every episode, I, you know, every interview is so good. And I love something so much about every episode. But what I'm going to say is what makes me laugh so hard um, is whether Trollbot 5000. I think that's the most hilarious thing. And I had to take a mini hiatus uh, from the podcast during the middle of it. 
And I came back, and all of a sudden, there's a weather troll about 5,000. I was like, where was this earlier? Oh, true. And I think it was Janice Dean's episode with the weather troll bot. And Janice Dean is amazing anyway, but just her reaction to it and just everything else, it was just phenomenal. So go back and listen to that episode. But okay. all of them are amazing. It's good. Good. Well, thank you. All right. Um, so, and, and we've got some clips for some of these things too that we're going to share with you. But I, I'm going to go to Maz because we're kind of doing this in episode order of these memories. Uh, Maz, you you had one of your favorite memories was actually had something to do with the guests. Oh my trip. gosh, Gary! Gary is just a funny guy anyway. But when we were asking him to do a little promo for us, the guy just <laughs> I remember that. And he sounded like uh, like he had been listening to Bell Biv DeVoe "Do Me Baby" song or something, because it was like smack it up, flip it, rub it down, move it around. <laughs> I was like, "What the heck did he just say?" That's a great interpretation. It is. <laughs> so hats off to Gary. Do you have the actual? So I've, clip. I've got it. So I'm going to play okay. the clip. There was oh, actually he had a blooper initially, and then and then oh. he came through. So here we go. Oh, it's Friday night in the big town, baby. Jump back, throw me down, all dressed up and no place to go. All right. Check in with the Stormfront Freaks and listen to their podcast because they're really good. <laughs> oh He's amazing. Am I going to give it a baseball announcer? Like this is Gary England. It's Friday night in the big town, baby, all dressed up, no place to go. Jump back, throw me down, Loretta. Hey, be sure to listen in every week, right? Every week, the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Maybe it's the best in the world. Come back. <laughs> you can't be so that. Good. You can't be oh, that. So good. He's a pro. He's a pro. Thank you, Gary. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. All right. Uh, next one we've got. So favorite memory here is uh, Brady. This was you. This was a favorite man, memory of many of ours. But oh, Brady was the first one to chime in on this, so he got it. Yes. Yeah, so Kim, I'll just I'll just preface this. If you're watching this, we will all love you, and you are love you. You are very yes. talented in many different ways, <laughs> except for screen sharing. Screen yeah. sharing. <laughs> so, <laughs> for those of you who've watched our podcast over the years, you know that you know we usually do a weather resource or a weather fool where us as the freaks, we're going out and we're going to find something and we're going to screen share. And you, when, when, whenever Kim would screen share, I swear to God, guys, <laughs> it would sometimes take her like several minutes yes. to figure out how to get <laughs> her screen on. Lots of editing. And, yeah. and I remember one time we all lost it when she was trying to screen share and she had done it successfully. And then she was trying to stop screen sharing. It was always on the back end too. And she pulled up this internet browser, this Google browser, and like a bunch of like skeletons. It wasn't even close to Halloween. You're like, why is your Google browser like Halloween themed? And she's just like, I love Halloween. And we all lost it. All right, so let's listen to this. This is the whole thing. Got to get a listen. It's good. Hey, Kim, is, is there a character in one of the books that's still trying to figure out screen sharing? <laughs> Wow, where are you now? <laughs> I, I, oh my goodness. It's like, uh, <laughs> you gotta hear her points for trial. She can't get out. She can't get out. That's awesome. Kim, we love you. Kim, you're truly awesome. Can you hear me? <laughs> Are you there? You gotta listen to Mads. Oh, it's like a little kid. 
this out. Wait, 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 wait. There we go. Okay, is it gone? Oh, no. Oh, that was All right, that was classic. Epic. All right, classic. All right, good. Dina. Dina seems to uh, remember a certain guest we had and the story he had. This one was um, an Australian Australian uh, storm chaser. Daniel Shaw. Daniel yep. Shaw. And, you know, it's kind of cool to talk to somebody who doesn't live where you live. And he's telling us all about Australia. And this is something I have not forgotten because, for once, he's talking about not only is Australia beautiful, but everything wants to kill you. <laughs> every every living thing wants to kill you. Then here's the one that I can't let go of. He was talking about spiders and how big these spiders are, and they're and how they hide in like the corner of the door frame. Now I don't know how they hide being this big, but they get in the house. He said that they took a regular mop, you know, the old school kind of mop. He hit the spider with it, pushed it down. And it was so big, the legs came out over the side. Oh my gosh! And I, I swear to God, I talk about this all the time because with all the talk about Australian fires and stuff, I'm like, you guys, everything wants to eat you there. Yeah. And yeah. spiders are bigger than your car. Yeah. You know, like at Halloween. You know, at Halloween when they put those big spiders in yeah. your front yard. Yeah. Those That's are what are really right, so in we're Australia. Gonna play this. We're gonna play. She Daniel. covered it. If, That's if episode 200, right? We're going there. Australia, if you could choose to be, this is where I'd want to be in Chase. Where would that be? Southeast Queensland. Okay. Big spiders. Big. Oh. Big. <laughs> it's not the cow remember, that's in the tornado. I remember it's many, many, yeah, many years ago, I was, like, I was um, my dad killed a spider with a mop. Mop was standard mop used to mop. Killed the spider. The legs protruded three inches out. We actually discussed actually whether we should actually get it. A museum to come around or something like that. It was alive. Get a museum to come out. Spider. They move, they move very, very quickly. Oh my god. They hide in your car. They come. I've had them sit just on my. Oh my god. When I'm driving. Yes. Well, they actually they come in. They hide in the door frame. When you open the door, they sneak in. When you least suspect at night, you're coming home and sitting to yourself. Oh, something like that. Sneak in. Yeah. How do you not see that? Sneak in. Straight up. I mean, look. You guys have tornadoes. We have spiders and snakes. I mean. That's right. And, and he said, you know, oh. Australia's great, but everything's trying to kill you. Yeah. Right? I'm crossing that off the list. I don't yeah. think I'm Everything ever going wants to, to eat you. All right, MJ. Uh, MJ's got a good memory uh, as well from one of our past guests. This is from episode 69. So you know we do lightning. Interesting. You do lightning round. And there have been several interesting episodes of that. One of them involved the ninja weatherman, uh, Joe Morovsky. And... Uh, it was an interesting because we were, you know, he's a American Ninja Warrior, right? right? And we asked him to guess whether the name was an obstacle or yep. or a adult toy. Is adult that correct? Toy, okay. Yes. <laughs> adult toy. <laughs> yeah. So oh, let, is, we'll go ahead and play. The, here we go. So so he's got a guess. I give him a name. He's got a guess. Is this a toy or an obstacle? If you want. All right. The next one. Uh, it's called the Little Rooster. <laughs> is, that, is that a toy or an obstacle? I got. I'm going on. I'm going unknown. Yeah, we're gonna say we're gonna say toy on that one. That is correct. Uh, that is a toy. All right, we got uh, the battering ram. Is that a toy or an obstacle? That is so incredibly awesome, Joe. I'm so sorry. Because it's an obstacle. 
That's it why. is an obstacle. Oh, Believe yeah. it or not, the battering ram is an obstacle. Oh, it's so good. The pole grasper. Oh, my God. <laughs> the pole grasper. You know, the more we get into this game, the more I realize now they should probably change the names of these obstacles. So, yes. Wait, that is wait. an obstacle. That is an obstacle. <laughs> the is pole grasper. Or not on the show tonight? <laughs> that could be possible. All right. Then the last one, Maz, this is for you. Oh, uh, oh, no. <laughs> the emoji baiter. Oh, the emoji <laughs> baiter. <laughs> toy or obstacle? And it was a toy. And it was a toy. It was a good sport. For Phil's amazing games, like you know how he comes up with this like, stuff. It's, he's so creative, and it, it makes or every depraved. episode so memorable. Or what? <laughs> depraved. Yes, yes. So, Phil, thank you for that. Yeah, okay. Well, we're going to have so to check his browser we're history. We're not done. So, I've got, I've got my memory, uh, and my memory was very similar to MJ's, and this is kind of a little bit where it started. So, this was with our friend Rick Reichmuth. We've had him on a couple times, uh, Fox News. He also has created the Weatherman Umbrella. Uh, but this was episode 65, and this is a little bit where it started. Uh, and this was his lightning round. And we called this Burger Positions. And, uh, and, and so I talked a little bit about, I said, this is, I'm going to give you a name. It's either one of the top 100 burgers in the United States. It's the name of a burger. Or it's the name of a position in the Kama Sutra. Yes. <laughs> And he had to guess, so creative, and, so and it, uh, man, we lost it on this one as well. Uh, it's got the merch style. Okay, here we go. Another one's called the basket. Basket. <laughs> basket oh, man. Bird. How many more do we have? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say that it is a position. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that would catch you for sure. Yeah, burger if baskets these, all over the place. Right? If I ever go to these burger restaurants, I'm never going to be, be able to eat any of this. All right. Here we go. The number I'm, five I'm special. Getting, I'm getting kind of hungry. So. <laughs> all right. I'm almost a vegan now. I don't know. <laughs> all right. All right. Like, uh, Magic Mountain. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Please let please let it be a burger. <laughs> I'm the same position. Oh, oh, oh. And I am getting these all right. No, wait, wait, wait. Are you married? He covered his face. <laughs> uh, a couple more. We'll do. We'll do a couple more. Uh, <laughs> eyes are watering. Here we go. Must be the onions. Do not start that. <laughs> I couldn't come up. I couldn't say the name. I just looked at it. And I couldn't not. say it. <laughs> All right, MJ. Epic. All right. The glowing triangle. <laughs> oh, I, I barely could get that one out. That's amazing. That actually was a position, but there are some good burger names that you would have never guessed that they were not positioned. So, uh, but those are some great memories, guys. It's uh, we've had a lot of fun here tonight at uh, Vanessa House Beer Company and celebrating our hundredth. Um, and so we're gonna have a ton more memories coming coming up. But uh, MJ, let's uh, let people know how people can uh, get a hold of us. Send me a postcard. Drop me a line. You got mail, baby. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so, yes, please do contact us and please uh, share your thoughts, your ideas, uh, your comments. We love to hear them. You can uh, use good old-fashioned email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. 
or of course you will find us on Twitter and Facebook. At Twitter, it's at Stormfront Freak. And on Facebook, it's Stormfront Freaks. Very good. So, hey, that just about does it for this 100th episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening or watching. And a special thanks to those of you that came out tonight to see us. Uh, so, so before I go ahead and next uh, announce our next guest, don't forget uh, we always love your reviews. And whether you're going on like uh, Apple Podcasts and you write a review for us there, uh, or you just send us a review on on Twitter or Facebook, uh, we'll definitely share that on our next show. And uh, subscribe if you guys listen to us on your podcast app, hit that subscribe button. Just make sure you get our next episode the minute it gets released. You'll get it in your inbox, and it's free to do that. Special thanks to our guests tonight, Rick Smith and Gary England, as well. Had a great time. And also thanks to Vanessa House Beer Company here in Oklahoma City. Yeah! Uh, they hosted a, hosted a great event for us and, and made an amazing beer for us as well, which is outstanding. So our next episode, we're going to be recording live on YouTube and Twitter on Thursday, March 19th, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. We're going to be continuing our National Weather Podcast Month celebration with Chasing Legend, Damage Surveyor, and listen to this, guys, next weekend's Weather Hall of Famer, Tim Marshall, oh, yeah, yeah. is going to be our guest uh, next, uh, next episode. So for all the freaks, for MJ, Maz, Brady, Dina, and Woo! Jen, I'm going to signal the all clear. We'll catch you next time. Yay! Goodbye. Hey. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.